Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, what's going on? We got uh, champagne sharks. Uh, tea with me is uh, Kenny. Uh, Kenny, if you want to say hello to the people. What up? What up? What up? Yeah. Uh, anything you want to share? Any any news? Any uh, any places you want people to find you? I don't know. Sometimes you want people to find you. Sometimes, sometimes you don't. <laughs> some people people know. Uh, you know, it just depends. Like some people don't know it's me because our Twitter is not on Twitter, and then it's not Twitter anymore. It's Zwitter. I call it Zwitter <laughs> with an X. You know. And then sometimes I'll be talking about stuff, and they don't know it's me. And then they're uh, like, "Man, somebody's from Champagne Sharks is copying." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. Yeah, yes. someone someone said uh, this this Twitter account is jacking you guys' whole swag. I'm not going to as as Ken. That's... No, it's, it's my ninth. It's my ninth account. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm banned a bunch of times. Yeah, but I mean, say what you will about um, Elon, man. You've not been banned since he's taken over. Hey, he's, dude, he's been living up to his free speech. Man, I've been thrown off Twitter for way less shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but also, I learned like there's certain stuff I just don't say anymore just because it's not worth it and i'll be having fun most of the time anyway like i don't take that stuff serious like we just be having fun like it, it just depends whether it's sports or i don't really get into the politics and shit anymore um i used to you know like you know back in the day like we used to always get into it about race and politics like i still talk about race every now and then but a lot of times it's because this stuff this thing has jumped the shark at this point so oh, i yeah. don't even think that people yeah. I don't even think, and maybe both of you guys could probably agree, like the people that were on Twitter in 2016 aren't even there anymore. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where they are, but there's so many people that just aren't there. And there's so many new people that when things happen, I'm like, man, you guys don't remember this happened on here like five mm. years ago? They weren't even there. You know, mm -hmm. so they don't, they, they were on Facebook or something or Instagram or something. I don't know. You know, um, some something else that I feel like this is a big question. Well, let me stop you because the next step is introduce the guest. So I'm I'm about to get just start talking and stuff, and I forgot <laughs> the whole protocol. But uh, uh -huh. we we have him too, Gant, filmmaker extraordinaire, uh, film professor, musician. I'll let, I'll let you toot your own horn and tell people uh, where to find you. Well, you said it. Uh, yeah, filmmaker, uh, film professor, musician as well, actor. Um, yeah, you, you can't find me on Twitter no more. I had to get off of that. Um, oh, you're not you're not on Twitter anymore. Nah, dude, I left after a couple weeks ago after a viral tweet. It was a ridiculous. viral tweet uh -oh. that just that just went ridiculous, and I just I couldn't I couldn't really take it no more. And, and it's weird because I've been kind of feeling after T left, I've been kind of feeling like maybe I want to get off. Yeah, and then um, it's it's like what you said. It's like these there's a lot of new people there, and they're just idiots. Yeah, it's, it's just too stupid. Yeah. But, but you know, it's not just that. It's not just that, man. Like, like I feel like I'm been watching old heads just turn, just get dumb pilled. I started calling it yeah. get dumb pilled instead. You know, instead of like red pilled or black pilled, people are getting dumb pilled all the time. Like people, where I'm like, 
you used to not tweet like this. Why are you tweeting like this now? Like, you know, That's real. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the whole Jonah Hill thing and uh, men in therapy and that weird type of thing. There were people where I'm like, I know four years ago, you would have been like, this is a whole lot of nothing. Who cares? And they're like, uh, I don't feel safe with tweets like what Jonah Hill is doing. I was like, oh my God, what are you talking about safety? Like, you, like you weren't this person. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, this tweet is not endangering your life. Like, why are you talking about um, violence? And yeah. I was yeah. going to show, see, I didn't know, I didn't know him too many wasn't on there anymore because I was going to show him something. Like, there was this whole thing about Carlito's way that he was in and they were talking about his character. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, man, I was cracking up laughing. Oh, word. <laughs> you had these people going, man, because they didn't know. So there was a group of people that didn't know that there was another Carlito's way. Yeah. So when they found it and they were talking about your character, they hated you. Everybody. <laughs> I was like, you know, he did his job. <laughs> you know the funniest story. So I'm gonna tell you the funniest story about that movie. So like, you know, because it, it went it went mostly to stri- straight to like DVD. Yeah, and like it had a really short like theatrical window. Uh, also, so, it actually appeared in the theater because I know of the movie, but I always thought for like it, it for was like intended to be straight. To no, TV. no, they were trying to make it into like a real deal thing. It didn't. It was an interesting flick in a couple of ways because it it when 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 it got it, it was made the same year that American Gangster originally was supposed to remember that did, did, did y'all know that Antoine Fuqua was really supposed, supposed to do American Gangster oh I didn't know, I that. Didn't know that yeah and it was starring Denzel and Benicio del Toro oh wow yeah and then Fuqua had some kind of huge it was right after training day and Fuqua had had a huge like falling out with the studio so he ended up getting fired and they ended up postponing the movie for like two years, which then Ridley Ridley Scott did. But because of that, they were already in pre-production. They had all this shit. So the guy, this cat named Michael Bregman, he's the son of Martin Bregman. Martin Bregman. That's a Scarface uh, guy. Yeah. Martin Bregman was Al Pacino's lead producer and manager for like really from uh, Panic and Needle Park, Serpico through I think he I think their last film was Carl was 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 Carlito's Way One, actually. Mm. Or, no, no, no. S- s- uh, yeah. Son of a woman, Carl, that, that, that whatever came first between those two was his last film. Then then he retired. Michael Bregman is his son. So Michael Bregman was like, I want to direct a movie. Michael Bregman's not a director, so he don't really know what he was doing, but he had the so so he it was, it was MGM was it MGM I think or was it Universal I think it was Universal Universal was like well we have all this pre production material how much can you shoot this Carlitos Way prequel for and he was like I think it was something like fifteen million dollars and they were like they just gave him the fifteen mil so he basically was able to fund a movie off American Gangster failing um because they had to slot the money out and then they shot it but they had given it they were like and they i think they guaranteed it a new york and la release and they said that they thought the film was good that they would do it national but it wasn't good so they um but some of the funniest shit that would happen was because the hood watched that movie oh yeah the hood watched that shit like hard i'd be walking down the street man and they'd be like but why I know you, man? <laughs> and, and the funny shit would be, I used it, it, it was sometimes would be from Oz when I was on Oz. Some cats would see me, but they were like, I was like, I don't know. Maybe you saw me and they'd be like, oh, you that dude from Carlito. I was like, yeah. He said, man, I hated your fucking character, man. <laughs> I was like, man, fuck this dude. Cats used to, they used, they used to just tell me how much they couldn't 
stand it. They was like, well, you did your thing, though. But I, I couldn't stand your I mean, ass. that's exactly <laughs> what I was telling people. I was like, man, that's the homie from the show. I was like, hey, you mad, but he did his job, man. That, the, <laughs> yeah. He got that emotion that he that made you just hate his ass. I feel that Real way talk. about uh, Method Man with the cheese character. Like, I normally oh, like Method Man, but... Uh, the one thing I give Method Man credit for as an as an actor, the only thing I ever seen him acting was like in in The Wire. I started oh, to man, actually yeah. I started to actually hate Method Man. That that, that cheese oh, character yeah. was so fucking annoying. But I mean, he he was supposed to be so. Yeah, that's why you believe that he's kind of that way in real life. You would think he's kind of that way in real yeah, life. Like, yeah, he's a piece of garbage. Yeah, because <laughs> Meth because Meth is like was like the coolest member of the Wu in many ways before before yeah. like before like Ghost got really big. You know what I'm saying? Like you just love like Meth's best vibe but then i remember that in the wire i was like this dude's a punk man did someone just cap him wasn't it brother muzo uh, or someone just uh, capped on, him? Uh, oh no no it wasn't brother muzo it slim was charles sim charles sim charles, sim charles just finally had finally had enough <laughs> yeah I, I remember like, I, I did a fist pump i was so ha- so many people are happy that, you know same <laughs> That he yeah, couldn't so be I, the one to survive of all the characters. He couldn't be the one. Like he was just a piece of garbage. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that's that's uh that, that's a pretty good compliment though for people hey, to say. Hey, hey, I, I, I took I, it. Uh before we get into the movie, I want to say I finally got around to I already told you this. I finally got around to seeing uh Whiteface and uh Oh uh, yeah. Uh he did this he did this short that he uh directed and acted in uh and you're a very good comedic actor because that's the first time i saw you act i didn't see the carlitos way sequel yet uh i keep meaning to see it but i never got around to it but uh no that was really that was really funny the way you uh thank you play play <laughs> thank I you want, yeah i want to ask you real quick well i don't get too derailed in in this movie but uh like i'm gonna say the movie's about really really fast it's this i'm gonna say what i think it's about uh um, yeah I love yeah, to yeah. Hear that. But there's a there's a there's a dude who um he's a Trump supporter. He's it seems to have kind of a break with reality. He's also an actor, right? He's in an acting class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's um uh, has been trying to become white. And you get the idea that his childhood and uh, his uh struggles with his race have kind of uh broken him in some way. He's kind of break with reality and it's very funny but very there's a sense of menace under him. Um that I was impressed with how you could pull up that you could make him like funny, but you still kind of take him seriously as like this guy. He's he's gonna do something bad one day. Like he's not he's not all there. Like you know uh, when he's staring in the mirror and and stuff like that. And like I don't want to ask you too much about what you intended it to be because I feel like you know to a certain degree um, I'm sure you want people to interpret uh, for themselves. But I want to ask you real quick like what uh, was making that movie making that movie like like what was it trying to um convey in so far as you're comfortable um talking about without spoiling uh too too much because it was it was a very bizarre yeah character. it was a very bizarre character this is a bizarre piece in in general like in a good way yeah so um when i when i first got the idea for the movie i, I it was honestly just a, a an image there there's this play by um a writer named Douglas Turner Ward. He was actually, I think Michael R. Jackson did Michael. I think Michael might have studied under him at NYU. I can't, I, I might, I might be getting something kind of, kind of from, um, I'm gonna ask Michael. I'm not sure, but Douglas Turner Ward was a well known Negro ensemble company playwright. 
in the in like the 60s and the 70s and he has this play called day of absence i don't know if you ever heard of it it's a it's a play it's a it's a comedy play about um uh what if black people just disappeared and it takes place in the south but it's all done by black people in white face so they mm. all, all so all the black people just like you know act like white folks in white face and i've always wanted to do this play and i never i never have been able to do i've never even seen it done i've seen videos of it and it was a really big negro ensemble play so i had this image in my head um because i i wrote the film during it was also during like the trump like um when he was running and like i credit my i I gladly credit myself i was telling everybody that dude was gonna win Mm. and and people were looking at me like no he's not i was like nah bro when i watched him at the republican you know like debates just like sunning him like just being like this motherfucker took money from me he took money from me he took money from i said i said nah man he's gonna win this thing so i just had this image of a black dude in white face doing trump speeches and i i i don't i but then like i had to write a story from there and the other thing that had kind of happened was was one of kanye's first big meltdowns um when he did the like the there was he did that he did that really weird interview with that with that white british dude remember that he was like he was like in a studio and he was just talking all types of weird shit it was one of the first times people were looking at kanye like dude's a little off mm. And and I was like, I was thinking about just kind of like people who just like have a really weird mentality. And then I started thinking about when I went to acting school, um, doing white plays and things like that. And it became this just this kind of like trip out. I wanted to kind of play off of like, and I think I was I think I was already thinking about kind of where we were going to end up a little bit later with like identity and people being like, yeah, I'm just going to claim my identity. So fuck it. I'm just white though, though you're clearly not white and I'm just going to put on some white makeup. My attitude is just white. So I just want to just play with it and see what that, what that would be like. And I just wanted, I mean, my, I think my main goal was to make a character who kind of lived in expressionism in the real world. Um, but like a very, didactic kind of expressionism and then just think about scenarios that that person could be in and what it would be like and and then also to have people question what they assume to be you know uh not not race but like identity and all that shit so yeah that's really what i was playing with and then of course i wanted people to kind of react to it and tell me what 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 they reacted to it um yeah i figured that because you didn't really spell out it wasn't like you were were preaching and saying uh you know this is what made this person this way or what you know there's a little hints of it when he talks to his sister but Mm -hmm. other than that you know you kind of have to kind of piece it together and you know like i was still trying to think it was over too soon like you know because like i for a second, I forgot it was a short. And the next thing I know, it was over. I was like, "Oh wait, yeah. I, want, I wonder what, what he was gonna do do next." I want, yeah, I, I, I figure you're probably done with it. You don't want to revisit it, but I would love to see what happens with that character. Honestly, if it was like immediately after someone had gave me some money to do something, like immediate. Well, the fucking thing about that movie was, you know, like I couldn't get it played because um, right when I was submitting the film, Trump won. Oh mm, wow! And then fucking people, people were. <laughs> 
people was why i remember i there's a woman that i know um she's pretty big in the film festival circuit white white lady sweet sweet lady and she saw the film like like the and i i, I sent it to her i think two weeks after trump won and she flat out told me she's like this is not going to get programmed she's like she's like the white liberals that i work with are just they're they're so shell-shocked that trump won they don't mm. want to be reminded of it it took like it took a it took like kind of giving y'all a think about like like Sundance kind of starts the festival season and that's in January. So usually what comes out of Sundance um, then gets carte blanche for the rest of the festival season um, in terms of shorts and even sometimes feature 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 length films that are in, in, in America. And then you have these next um, tier of festivals. So then you have like a tier that happens in like February and March. Then you, that's like the second tier. And then you have the third tier, which is like the April to May. I didn't get it. Didn't, I didn't get played to the third tier. The first two tiers just wouldn't play me at all. Because everyone was so shell shocked by Trump, you know, being there, and they didn't want to have no conversations about that. They wanted like, you know, cute shit, you know. And I and 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 and, and then a couple of years later, I had a couple of um, programmers tell me that that yeah, they were like, we 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 chose to not play it because of that. So so yeah, I. It, it was also a thing where I just knew I was, was never going to, you know, I was like, let me just get this out of my system because uh, people don't really want to fuck with this. You know, I feel like maybe a couple of years later, people would have fucked with it, but I was already. Especially during that resistance time, you know, where yeah. I, they went from being shell shocked to having a nonstop appetite for, for but, him. But, but, one of the prob- <laughs> yeah. but one of the problems is yours wasn't it wasn't like over the top resistance preachiness uh, caricature that they would have liked. So even then they might not have liked it because I agree with you. You weren't ambiguous. Like, like it's clearly not pro Trump, but it wasn't like, I'm going to beat you over the head by, you know, really spelling out that this, that this guy is a bad guy. Like you can't tell all because these liberals have this weird feeling that people can't tell Trump is bad. You know, like to this day, they keep saying, uh, Hillary warned us. It's like, nigga, everybody knew. <laughs> no, no <laughs> well, come on, dude. Who, who didn't like, know he was, he was bad? It's yeah. like, first of all, like New Yorkers told, like New Yorkers been telling you this dude's whack since the 80s. So like, oh, I don't for 40 wanna, years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to hear that shit. Like, I, I, I got into an argument with someone. I said, uh, when, when Trump got elected and they were talking about, I can't believe this and all that. And I said, who in here watched The Apprentice? I know some of y'all motherfuckers were watching The Apprentice. That's one of the highest rated shows there was. And yeah, a couple of these people had that. My dad watched it. My dad hates Trump. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but, but Pop, you was watching The Apprentice. Yeah. So, so, so don't stop this bullshit. If, if he I told, I told it, T, I was like, I think I told T and Mario, I was like, yeah, you know, Trump is bad. I watched uh, Sammy the Bull's podcast. When Sammy the Bull who killed 19 people says you're a piece <laughs> of garbage, you're a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the thing with Trump where I'm kind of like people, a lot of people are full of shit. I'm like, come on, man. Y'all was y'all was real cool with dude until you know he was like, I want to be president. And then sure, and then they put him on Saturday Night Live as a as a um uh, as a guest host. And then yeah. after he won, they started acting like the biggest Trump haters. Um right. like shut up, get out of here. Didn't the view have him on like not too long before he ran? Oh, I'm sure a lot of people did because they were so sure. I think they all thought that he was a joke and if he became the uh he was entertaining and if he became yeah. the Republican nominee, it would just be uh a fun election up until you know Hillary won and, and the and the joke was over. Right. And I think I think they're so sure uh he wasn't and some people speculate that Saturday Night Live even wanted to elevate his profile just to help 
uh, he'll be like, like they're so sure that if we get him as the Republican nominee, he's gonna be um so bad at it. He's gonna be such a joke that we're gonna be guaranteed our first woman president, and <laughs> they, it did not turn out that way. Oh man, they. Mm. <laughs> That's a I, I ain't gonna lie. I remember we were recording that day, and you know the brothers still give me shit about it, and deservingly so. I was, I was adamant, man. There's no way this dude's gonna win. <laughs> and Mario was like, "Nah, bro. He, I think he's gonna win." <laughs> there was no way you could convince me. And when he won, I was like, "Fuck! I couldn't believe it. I, I was, do, I was shocked." Do you know the reason I why? Yeah, you know the reason why I thought uh he was gonna win. Well, there's two reasons. First was the debate because like those online like like uh liberals like real nerds, you know, they, they like Daily Show and West Wing, like things where and on West Wing and like Daily Show, it's like John Stewart or President Bartlett. Well, they'll be faced with a Republican. It's like, well, I see that you hate um gays well did you know that the bible uh in exodus chapter two god said this and that and the public is like oh what really good and do you know that uh the first so-and-so was gay in 1981 what do you know this founding father who died at this battle of you know whatever do you know he was a homosexual and then they just shut down like the um Opposition. That stuff, that stuff didn't work against Trump. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work anywhere. And when it works on TV, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 You, you yeah. know, or, or like on the Daily Show where it's like the, they're editing it and it's and it's all like rigged and everything. So Hillary was talking to Trump like, um, actually, Donald, you're wrong. Go to my website and you'll see uh, we have all the policy links. Like, talk about policy links. It's like, no, this guy is sunning you. You're not even, yeah. you're not even a man. And he's like, just, just sunning you. Like, you know, uh, he, he was like, I'm going to lock her up. And he was getting all this applause and laughter. But on Twitter, all the liberals were like, oh, man, he looked like a buffoon. Hillary was schooling him with policy. I was like, oh, my God, you guys are so lost. To Joe Average, they're not going to a website. They just saw. Right. Yeah, they just saw a guy dunk on this this uh, woman that they find a stuffed shirt, a pretentious stuffed shirt, and uh, you know mock her for like a couple of hours and bring up you know NAFTA and things they care about and and Hillary just say, oh Donald, like it's not a real problem, you know, um, working class jobs and everything. And so that was why I thought from the from the debate. But then when you saw videos of the rallies, uh. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. this enthusiasm is real. This is not what's happening at the Hillary rallies. Like, not this at guy all. Is, this guy is moving the crowd, like Eric B. and Rakim. He's got the crowd in his palm of his hand. Like, there's a real grassroots enthusiasm that I'm not seeing in the uh, Hillary stuff. But I feel like a lot of liberals feel too good to look at something like that. You know, like, uh, kind of like when I was on that Bad Faith episode, when that guy was like, you want to talk about Dave Chappelle? Uh <laughs> I forget his name right now. Thrasher? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Thrasher. And he was like, he made sure to say off the bat, well, I didn't watch it, but blah, blah, blah. And everyone in the comments was like, what do you mean you didn't watch it? How are you going to talk about something and not what? But I think a lot of liberals think like that. Like, I'm going to talk Absolutely. about this, but yep. I also want a virtual signal that I was above watching it and giving yes. it my, my time. So I think a lot of liberals don't actually watch well didn't actually watch trump rallies for themselves or do anything because like why would i give oxygen or attention to that to that bigot you know but if they looked at it they would have not been as surprised that well, I, he won i told someone i was like um when he was when he won and they didn't get it i said i asked him i said have you ever been to like a battle rap concert and i he was like what do you mean where like they vote in the crowd he was like he was like no 
I said, I, I used to go to a lot of battle rap, like, like, like joints, right? And you could get two MCs up there and you have the one MC who had all the really like nasty punchlines. He could say all the week, he could say a bunch of whack shit, but if you were able to land eight punchlines that were super clear for the crowd and play to them, they, he would always win compared to some other person who maybe was probably more lyrical and yeah, had better doper lines. Better technician. But like, didn't have the punchlines because then when it comes to what they remember in the moment, yeah, they remember yeah. those. They, they remember those big ass like real punchlines, calling someone a, you know the f word, calling someone this, right? Like really big punchlines, and you would see it because they would always clap for that person. And I'm like, that's Trump. I said Trump had the punchlines. Yes. You don't remember anything that Hillary said. You nope. remember nothing that Hillary all I remember said. is go to Hillary.com to read the policy. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. But you, but you, but you, but you remember lock her up, lock yep. her up. Right, you remember yeah. that, you and, know, and, and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he and his comebacks. You said something, I can't right. remember exactly. And, and, and she was like, Well, I start with you. He, he, said, he said something about you can't lock everyone up, Donald. He's like, Well, I'll start with you. I'll start with you, like, too. Like, I'm like, Exactly. And I'm like, Son, he's battle rapping. It's like, It's straight. He, but also, like, because he comes from that in New York, like, he knows how to, like, yeah. Like in shareholders meetings, he probably did that shit all the fucking time, just yeah. shut the sun in people. And I'm but like, that, that's y'all the don't thing get about it. Donald Trump is like one thing you could say about him: he's old New York. Yeah, he's, he's real old New York. New York. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, and I'm sure early on he got embarrassed by some old New York cats before oh, him. Yeah. Oh and he yeah. Got, there were some tycoons who fucking like, you know, and then, you know, people like Roy Cohn probably took him to the side and was like, hey, here's what you got to do, bro. You know, and his dad was a cruel motherfucker. So oh, probably yeah. cr- even crueler than Trump. So like, I'm sure he, he he took from that reservoir as well, you know? For sure. Yeah, that's, for that's sure. That's a trip. Yeah. But, um, we want to talk about this movie yeah. that uh, M2 May mentioned to me called seconds and i watched it this week and it turned out i had already seen it but i was like way younger but it almost didn't count it's almost like i watched it for the first time all over again because i think you it helps to be uh approaching grown, middle age grown up yeah, yeah, yeah. approaching middle age or middle age to get yeah. the full effect of this movie because a lot of it's about middle age male regret etc i would say i shouldn't say etc that's very dismissive uh but there's just so much uh that it's about that it's kind of hard to just say it in one sentence but m2 me uh give the give the plot of <laughs> of the movie so seconds uh it's a film by john frankenheimer uh made in 66 it's about a, a man named arthur hamilton he's a, a banker uh probably in his they don't ever say his exact age he's in his, in his probably like his early to mid 50s you know six Successful in terms of, you know, financial success. He lives in Scarsdale with his wife. He has like a grown daughter. She's doing well, but he lives a life that's very um, kind of in a malaise. He just doesn't he doesn't have a lot of energy and, and, and enthusiasm. And from the very beginning of the film, he's he's tracked down by a man who you don't really know who this man is. And he gives him a note, right? And the note is a is a is a phone number, right? Is a phone number? 
right? Or is it the, the address? It's the address, it's right? It's the address, yeah. It's, the, it's an address. So he doesn't quite know what it is. And then he gets this phone call from a friend of his that he believes is to be dead, this guy named Charlie. And Charlie tells him, he's like, hey, man, I have an opportunity. You need to go to that address. And um, long story short is he discovers this agency, this company that for people oh, oh, wait, 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 real quick did you mention that charlie he thought charlie was dead yeah yeah i did okay, yeah, so, yeah. Okay, sorry, so, so, so yeah his friend charlie is supposed to have been had died in a, in a, in a car accident i believe um some years before and he doesn't he's he's bugged at that charlie's up here calling him so he go so charlie tells him to go visit this company um and he he follows the address and he gets to the company and the company basically offers him a chance at a new life partly because he has the money to pay for it and and what that will require is basically him faking his own death and they go through a a serious plastic surgery um you know process to make him into a new man and what's cool about it is like you got this just the arthur hamilton is played by john randolph um i don't know if people see serpico he's in serpico he put he always plays old men i always remember john randolph playing like old men right um then he's replaced by rock hudson and rock hudson at that time was like one of the leading sex sex symbols but as before i think anybody it is before anyone even speculated that rock hudson was gay um Oh, so also, like, uh, don't forget the vocal reconstruction surgery. And the vocal reconstruction. Yeah. Which is a touch I like. I hate when they have somebody get replaced by someone else. The same voice. The, vo- the, the voices are totally different, but everyone acts like they don't notice. And I, I like that they had an in-story reason yeah. for why his new look has a new voice, too. I thought that yeah. was a great touch. And then he... um and not only do they give him a new identity, like physically, they gave him a new identity based on like his his dreams. And like they like they they record him in like hypnosis. So they he becomes a painter. Um uh and like lives in like Malibu or something like that. I think it's Malibu in California. And like, you know, he, they give him this new identity, this new lease on life. But Quickly, he kind of discovers that the fantasy that he has is not fulfilling him either. And I mean, not to like give you the ending of the movie, he then kind of wrestles with this new identity, ultimately discovering that the fantasy is not great either. Um, and I would tell people a, a lot of a lot of serious mishaps happen in there. But go 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 go, go ahead, T. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I will tell people, because I think it's hard to discuss without spoilers. You would be better off if you um, are interested and haven't done so yet to like pause this or stop this yeah. and track it down and watch it and then restart this. Because I feel like it's a hard um, movie to discuss fully and appreciate without. Um, so either spoilers. one or two things, like make peace with spoilers or spoilers bother you and you yeah. like what you heard so far uh, take a break go watch the movie it's a, it's a very brisk watch and then uh, come back so I just want to say that so M2 may, you, you can feel the freedom yeah. to okay. speak to speak freely about it so yeah so he 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 kind of starts his new life he he meets a woman during the during the period and like you know she's like this exciting woman who kind of like you know she lives carefree she's also like left her family she says but there's a whole twist for her too and that's where, i don't want to cut you off in too many but that's where i text t i was confused i was like is she a part of this program too or what she, is it says she works for the company yeah she's yeah. an employee but but i thought she was going to be 
a female participant in the program. I know. Right, me, right. Me too. That's what I thought. Me too. But I think they were kind of like, I think back then in the 60s, they were still like, yeah, women probably don't have the money to do that. You know, because yeah. that was one of the things I found very intriguing about the film was this, I, you know, this idea that, you know, these, it was like, because they, were, they weren't going after like, you know, every Joe Schmo. They're going after like men with serious cash. And they thought that those are the people who probably were the most broken, right? These men who were like, super you know successful tons of money because they're basically exploiters because like they get all of their money right because at the end of the day arthur hamilton is dead right and they got all his cash outside of what was left to his family right so i was like damn that's i mean that's a fucking that's a fucking scheme and um but yeah so he he meets these people um this woman and then he he kind of fights getting it in um you know um introduced to the community they give him like a a butler um and wait there's a key element that i think you should uh bring up before you get back to um the, the quote unquote rape because that's oh, a controversial earlier. thing that comes up in the uh video essays and reviews that a lot that's of modern good, yeah a lot of modern audiences get stuck on um this part so i'll say two things about that so one of the things about arthur that kind of like is a trip that i i really like about the character is he 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 doesn't give over to joining the company immediately. He kind of like like remember he like they make him wait for a little bit and then he yeah. like oh, yeah. he like he like goes to the elevator and they're like no 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 come come on come on back and then he sees like the uh the um the, the waiting room that he goes to later. So he's kind of like he falls asleep at some point. Uh, I can't remember. Do, do do they drug him to fall asleep? Right? Uh, yeah yeah. This is what they yeah. do. They they drug him with this um um inhibitor inhibition lowering uh drug and they kind of imply in the um in the later scene when they played a video for him that yeah they added some like hypnotic pro- uh, prodding or post-hypnotic suggestion that it wasn't just like he wanted to rape but but they said like you know we put you in the position and mindset to do it but you know with the addition of the drugs it didn't really take uh much but something else that i think was very interesting too he and his wife sleep in separate beds and clearly have a sexless life. Yeah. So he probably had a lot of built-in uh, sexual frustration totally. and and whatever. So they drug him. They physically uh, manipulate and maneuver him into a position to end up with this woman. And they um, indicate that they did some kind of um, gentle brainwashing or whatever to kind of prod him. It's also not clear if he thinks he's raping her or just thinks that they're having some kind of... Because it's presented very dreamlike. He thinks he's having a dream, you know? So uh, the people who were criticizing the scene kind of made it, were acting like, first off, they didn't seem to get that there wasn't an actual rape because the woman is an employee. This, this, yeah. woman, is, this woman is an employee of the evil corporation. And and um, he falls on her fully clothed and he's very incoherent and whatever. And she starts screaming like she's being raped. But then she does this thing where she kind of smiles um, like, you know, she's she's acting like, like they kind of give away that she's... Uh, not really screaming and not really getting uh, raped. And then he blacks out. He doesn't remember what happened. And when they have him in the room and they're kind of uh, giving him the sales pitch and the hard sell and he's still on the fence, they play the video, which he doesn't remember. And he's like, yeah, this will help you decide. We filmed the video of you. And don't worry. Blackmailing him. Blackmail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that goes, and that's what at the end of the day what makes it be like all right then well I guess yeah. I'm doing this <laughs> yeah and you know what I found interesting when I rewatched that scene 
they say, hey, uh, don't worry, you didn't actually uh, rape our girl. Um, you know, and when you watch it from the second angle, that's not the original dream angle. She's screaming and everything. But if you look to me, it looks like she's pulling him onto her body. It's very totally. interesting if yeah. you watch it. So she's screaming, but from the second angle, you see that while she's screaming, she's kind of guiding him and pulling her on the body to help create the illusion of uh, rape. So they say, if you don't uh, go through with this, we're going to um, release this tape and you'll be um, convicted of a uh, rape that you didn't commit. I, I think and it's that, a very important aspect to add. Yeah, to. I know. I agree. And that's what's wild about the movie because like, there's also the guy who, who I also liked how the guy who owns the company looked like, you know, a farmer. Like they didn't make him look like some like you know hitler looking dude he comes in there with like a little hat and he talks like you know mr old is played by this guy named will greer you know he's super like you know he's super jolly yeah. and like you know talking about his dreams and all that type of stuff and massaging it massaging him but yeah like they do all this stuff to pretty much play on the fact that he he has no real will right and and all the all they need to do is little things because like even how they're talking to him when they're like pitching it to him like they're always like two steps ahead of him you know what i'm saying like they got like they got like the contract out already and he hasn't oh, yeah. even, and he hasn't even said like they're already like, they, they, he, like he's already done they're like yeah so you know we'll basically set up that you know you'll have the 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 hotel fire and it'll, it'll happen on this day like like he like he was never gonna go home once yeah. they got him once he got there he was already gonna be there but yeah yeah, yeah. And, and also like they can't let him know that stuff and right. yeah so it's like they got him so like no matter what he was he 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 was got um well, well well here's here's the theory if he didn't go through with it couldn't they use the the blackmail as a way to at least ensure that he won't talk totally yeah totally yeah absolutely yes absolutely yes. he, he he was he was cornered. I mean, I think they also psychologically profiled him. Remember, mm. well, because well, the other thing you find out later is the reason why they call him is because his friend Charlie was also like him, unsuccessful in his first attempt to mm. to um uh to be a reborn. Because remember, so so then yeah, so like to kind of like to kind of uh go back to what you were saying before is. He he has all these series of like mishaps and there's like two big key scenes. There's one scene which I I, I did tell Trevor something funny about, uh, but I'll say it after this. He goes to the he goes with the woman to this kind of hippie event, which like he's super uncomfortable. And it's like they're like oh, everybody's getting naked and like they're like dancing on like grapes, crushing grapes and making him into wine. And he's just not into it. Right. And there's a moment where he gets basically picked up by all the people and they, yeah, make, they toss him in, they <laughs> toss him in. And he has like this, like complete euphoric experience. And if you're watching it for the first time, you almost be like, oh, shit, dude's about he's about to get into it. He's like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. Yes, I love her. Oh, my God, you're amazing. I love it. And then literally the next scene, he has a house party right he has a house party so after his biggest euphoric he's like right back in the doldrums because he starts getting reminded of his old life he meets someone from harvard and he can't say that he's from harvard because that's that's from his old identity but then he ends up doing it anyway so like it's kind of showing that thing you know when you have like the biggest like it's like it's like if you have a cocaine high and you get like that big high of cocaine they say after you have a coke high like your crash is super fucking like hard he has like the hardest emotional crash 
And that's when he kind of, and then he has a terrible moment where he realizes also that he lives around nothing but reborns for people who are like him, all the people who have escaped their lives. And he, 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 he kind of realized he's living in like a, a kind of horror thing. And he goes back to his old, you know, he, he, he wants to basically, he wants basically out. He wants to get out and, um, go back to, well, not go back to his old life, but get a new identity. He does go back and see his wife as his new identity and discovers that like, yeah, his wife doesn't really, she's kind of moved on, you know, and there's apparently a, a, a delete. There was a scene in the original where like he goes and sees his daughter, but she's moved on too. So like he realizes that like that life is kind of past him, but so he wants to do it again. So he goes back to the company demanding a new identity and um, they're like, okay, but you got to do us two things. You got to, you got to give us somebody else. Um, mm. so you had to give us someone else like you. Um, and he's like, Oh, one thing. And he was like, Oh, he says, but I don't, I don't have anybody. Right. And in the waiting room, he discovers Charlie, the person, his friend, he thought was dead, who called him. And he realized, and he, I don't know if he did. He doesn't discover this. You as an audience member discover this. You discover that Charlie was also an unsuccessful um reborn. He had the same kind of like failure that that um that Tony uh that uh, Arthur had. And because of that, he goes back to them. He probably wants the same thing as him. He's like, "Hey, you need to get somebody." And that's why they started that's why he started calling Arthur to get him over there. It was like you you have to basically exchange, which makes you wonder like do they have a lot of unsuccessful people in, uh, uh, in the program and and i think it's kind of revealed implicitly that they do because the big twist at the final at the end of the movie is you find out um because one thing they do when they fake people's deaths they give a um a fake cadaver, cadaver right a fake yeah. cadaver but this, this is something that i didn't think about at the time but it made a lot of sense i'm like why didn't i think of this right you can't have a long dead cadaver pass as the cadaver of a freshly killed person Right. So the person has to be relatively recently killed. And I didn't think about that when I was watching the movie in the beginning. So you find out later, uh, he thinks he's going in for this reassignment surgery that, um, you know, or whatever. But then he realizes something's wrong. And then that's when it becomes apparent to him that the cadavers they use to uh, replace um, other people's lives and, and um, fake their deaths are the unsuccessfuls from this program. Which makes yeah. me think, uh, since you need a cadaver for just about every person that you're, um, you know, replacing, that must mean that they probably have like a high uh, burn rate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To produce I mean, that many cadavers. Yeah, high failure rate for sure. And like, yeah. and and that's, but that's, but that's what you realize. Like, and that's what I think is ill about the movie. You realize, like, yeah, like the dude is selling that this is about you know giving these men their dreams. Now he just wants their money. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, because they're going after people with like huge, you know, amounts of cash. They have, they have, they have lots of assets. So they're basically just like this is a great way to get assets because they're dead. All we really probably have to have to give away is like, you know, um, the, the money to, to their families, like, like their, like, like, like their, their will, their will money. And that's it. But a lot, a lot of that's covered, probably covered through insurance anyway, you and, know? Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, something, um, pretty, something pretty interesting about that, uh, to me is that it's, kind of without being as heavy handed as it would be today it's kind of a commentary on privilege because you, you have to be a, a privileged person to be able to even indulge in exactly this fantasy of uh reinvention and i feel like they would have 
made the movie wear that more on the sleeve um, if it was done today. The reason why I thought um, that he was trying to go back to his old life was because I was thinking if they're if they're going to um, if they need someone new to come in, it must be because they're losing him. So I thought he was like leaving the program. And then that was why you have to bring somebody in to replace um, you in the program. But what you said makes sense. The family moved past them, so he can't uh, go back to them. So you must be right that he... Um... Yeah. Which I think is a crazy comic because, like, he kind of, like, he's still... That's why I remember you had sent me this that one video of the guy critiquing it, and he had some critiques of the, of the movie. And I thought, this guy doesn't understand the movie because he was saying the biggest problem with the film is, like, there was no justice and, our, you know, the justice that Arthur ignores his family. I was like, no. I was like, I said, it's actually a greater tragedy because at the end of the day, he still doesn't get it. That's what the whole movie's about. Even as he's about to go fucking get killed, he doesn't understand. Like, he does not get it. Like To me, it's a greater tragedy to die stupid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Word, <laughs> you word, know, like word. if I if I died like knowing, oh shit, you know what? There's a little bit of silver lining. If you die stupid, oh man, bro, that's fucked up. Yeah, and I I really like what um Kenny said, which I think goes back to the whole uh privilege thing too. Is this idea that he didn't really have a life that was that that bad, <laughs> you know? And probably mm-hmm. none of these people really did. Like they had um the dream, but. Um, I think also it's hard to kind of say what you should be satisfied with because, you know, a lot of people, they start from poverty and they actually, um, do pretty good. Uh, but look at the guy from, um, Soul Train. I don't know how poor Don Cornelius grew up. I don't want to assume that he, uh, grew up poor just because he's black, but still to be like, uh, black back then and you know to um come up in that era and get to the point that he did and then like blow your brains out like you never really know um what does or doesn't uh satisfy people you know it's uh it's it's uh crazy like like you think why would you kill yourself if i had what you had there's no way uh but he basically commits a kind of suicide you know um totally because just getting drunk like that at the party and losing himself like that and just he starts giving away to like there's a part of him i think that almost wants to die but it's unconscious like like there's a part of him that kind of chooses uh suicide and i don't think even his conscious mind is aware of it and i said it just because he was just way too reckless did way too many uh mistakes and he's not a stupid guy from no. what i could tell you know but the desperation pushes him to something and i, I was kind of curious what you guys think about that about this idea that he even though he was deathly afraid of dying clearly uh there was a part of him that almost seemed to be uh suicidal yeah he went out kicking and screaming huh yeah yeah he went out kicking and screaming <laughs> but 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 he did a lot of shit that was so clearly i mean he, these people are so powerful and um ruthless like there's no way he didn't know that this was on the table that, that that they could possibly kill you like like you know when i saw him like giving away all this stuff and getting drunk at the party and being reckless and talking about his wife and daughter i was like man this is a that was that was him having that was him that was him having a flashback you know they say a drunk speaks a sober mind mm-hmm. yeah that's what he was doing you know what i mean he that was when it came to the realization that damn man i'm leaving all of this behind i don't think i made the best decision because when they grabbed him i didn't understand the way it 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 was almost like they spoke to you without telling you what was going on i kind of knew those were reborns 
but I didn't understand the depth of what he was doing until I realized those were reborns. Those weren't just some people at the party trying to get him out of people's way because he was being annoying and being a drunk. You know what I mean? And I think that's what the alcohol did. The alcohol brought him back and made his sober thoughts come. And everything came full circle around to him in his face. Look what you did. Look but, what but, you did. But also, done. why did he why did he even get that drunk? Because he wasn't he needs to be a big drinker. And I just feel like he was already feeling that type of regret even before he got drunk. Like it was almost like he had to drink himself up to get the courage. What well, well to yeah. have the meltdown. Yeah, but I was saying I, it had to also do with the previous moment because like he realized that the euphoria, like like he had this euphoric moment that's supposed to be like the pinnacle. Right. And yet he still feel like still feels like shit. Yeah. So when you realize like when you have that, like that's that's completely de de debilitating when you when you when you were supposed to have the peak. Right. But then you get off the peak and it still sucks. And you can't do that, then you're like, oh man. And it, it probably was more subconscious than conscious, where he realized that, like, man, if that's the peak and I could crash that hard from the peak, then this means that this isn't the fantasy. This is nothing. Yeah. This is nothing. And the fantasy yeah. isn't what I what I thought it what I thought it was. So he had to self-medicate. And I agree with Kenny. Then because of that, he gets triggered by these things. He hears Harvard. And it's funny because I think it's the things that he had pride in when he was younger. But yeah. these are also, but though, but those are also fantasies. Those are also like, like, cause it's all bullshit also too. Cause it's not like these things are really like, yeah, like they're, they're, they're markers, but they're also bullshit. I'm a Harvard man. What the fuck does that mean? Who gives yeah. a fuck? Right. Like yeah. it's it's all ideas. So he goes back to the old ideas to kind of like posture. But you then, you know, but then I do. But then it's like an act of defiance because like he like like with, like with like the butler, like he's always a dick to the butler. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He's always like an asshole to him. So I feel like he's always trying to like fight with the, even when he's at even when he's getting like the 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 reborn treatment after his surgery he he, he his attitude is always kind of like man fuck y'all you know what i'm saying he never yeah, he, yeah. I, I, I think he doesn't realize his position like they yeah. gave him this identity they gave him this clout or whatever but he exists at their beneficence he, he, he exists yeah. at their uh mercy you know and at the end of the day even the butler is more powerful than him like everybody Word. knows what's going on uh, except him yeah 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 he he really kind of buys into the fiction of this new life that he is this hot shot and it's like uh no you're not uh the butler matters more to them right the butler doesn't really work for you he works for them none of this is really yours it can be taken away from you at any will and th there's a certain level of hubris that he gets from buying into uh the fantasy it's the you know what he said about him dying stupid he was stupid in so many ways in this like at no uh, point, and again, I think, like you said, I think it's a big tragedy. At no point did he ever figure out what was going on, even after it was all told to him. Like in his dying moments, you know, he never. I think he even gave up. Like you can see, like they, it kept flashing different scenes where he's like talking to so many people at the party. After a while, he just starts taking down drinks. I mean, he's just drinking and drinking, and uh, it's like once he's he keeps having all these conversations with these people, and it's like it's like. He said to himself, fuck it. You yeah. know what I mean? Fuck but, but, it. But that giving up was what I kind of meant uh, by the Suicidal? suicide. Yeah, 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 maybe it wasn't yeah, a literal yeah. suicide, but there was at least yeah. a, a suicide of the soul, even if it wasn't yeah, yeah. a literal. Absolutely. Yeah, but that yeah, giving yeah, up that. thing that you're tapping into is kind of what I meant by uh, the, the suicide thing. But, you know, it, it kind of drives me nuts that this movie, I thought, it's a great examination of um, midlife crisis. Um, 
And it's very male-centered. But something I never understood, and this is a problem that I feel like um, people didn't used to have. Like, Or if anybody had it, it used to be mainly um, white men because most things were made for them. But um, as a Black person, or as a woman, or as a gay person, I feel like those type of groups get really trained to um, watch things that aren't explicitly, specifically one-to-one versions of them and their identity. Like, if Black people only watch things about Black people, there wouldn't be that much to watch. So, I feel like... <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like uh, different types of marginalized identities, you learn to be able to derive life lessons from movies that have no one that looks like you or is in your financial strata. You know, like... Uh, I 100%, remember when I was gr- bro. Yeah, I remember when I was growing up, one of the most popular shows Black people used to watch was Dynasty. And people used to get really invested. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it's weird to me now that we have all these um, minorities who now are doing the same thing that the complaining white people used to do. Like, I remember when white people used to say, oh, I can't watch this movie. It's about Black people. And then people would say, oh, we watch movies about white men all the time. You can't watch one movie not about you. And now, instead of uh, trying to correct like, you know, the white men to watch more diverse things, which they do kind of try, but they also try to tell them, oh, it's not for it's not for you. If you don't like it, don't watch it. They've kind of become the same themselves. Like, it was annoying to see all these reviews that I was looking at, uh, video essays, all acting like they couldn't get any life lessons or derive any important insights from this movie because women weren't given enough lines or there weren't any black people in it. You know, like like every, every man who makes it to midlife um, is going to have some type of uh, turning point in his life or regrets. Uh, every woman who hits old age is going to have some parts where she wonders, uh, did my life turn out to what it was supposed to be? Um, people of all races are going to... Like, there's a com- commonality in the human experience. And it was really kind of annoying to me when I... After I watched this movie, just seeing all these people who just were acting like, well, you know... This movie was a well-done movie, but uh, there weren't enough lines given to the women. Or um, there should have been, like, some black people in there. And it's like, come on, like, really? Like, is is that where we're at now? And, th- and that kind of, like, just just the depresses me that, that we, we've hit that. Yeah, that I don't know. I, I grew up watching movies. Like, I didn't imagine... You know why there weren't any black people in Back to the Future? It was just a movie, and I watched it. That was it. I don't. I don't need to put myself in it. I don't need to put um, anyone that looks like me. I can watch a movie made by somebody that looks like me about me. You know why do I want to put myself as a black person in the shoes of a white person? You know what I mean? That's not that. It, and I noticed that that that's starting to happen a lot now, where people saying, "Oh, you know, I remember it was with the." Um, Idris Elba, super, uh, um, James Bond, not Superman, James Bond. Well, black James Bond. Well, why don't we just create Idris Elba's own version of yeah. something, a detective or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, why does it have to be James Bond? You know, that's how I've always felt. But then again, I was raised pro-black. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people just don't, you know. But, but then, like, I, f- I feel like black people should love a movie like Seconds because, like, w- it just makes white culture look like shit. So it's yeah, like, it it's like, it really it's does. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it makes white people look fucking stupid or manipulative. It's like, it's like, y'all should be loving this shit. If you're like, oh, man, white people this, white supremacy this. Second should be like your favorite fucking movie. Like, I don't this, get it. But this modern <laughs> generation wants everything white people have, even if it's shitty. Like, well, that's like it's, what it is. It's a weird, really envious generation uh, as opposed to like, uh, 
like they have a lot of fake hate for white people, but they want, you know, the corner office. They want all this. Uh, they really want in- inclusion. Like, like I think, I think there's a reason why they added the I in DEI. Like, you know, they really want to be, mm. they want a seat at the table. They want um, inclusion, even if it's for something bad, you know? So I feel like um, this, something like this movie, I think a lot of modern audiences just would not uh, get it. Or even if they saw it as bad, they'd want like a black person to be in there in the right like like i think they want the, they want the wife to kind of tell him off and figure it out and he's like you're so stupid how could you do this don't you realize this and that and she gets her piece of catharsis but she got her win anyway like she moved on she's she's moving on with her life she's happy and she has a wisdom to her yeah because she teaches him more he knew like when he finally talks to her in a way that he didn't the whole movie and that's the point of him not talking to her the bulk of the movie like people just all they could count do was count the lines and be like oh she didn't get enough attention or whatever but we're going through his point of view so it's important that she doesn't get the attention because we have to see his life the way he sees it you know and she's she's a shadow of a person because he sees her as a shadow of a person but in that final scene where he talks to her is the first time he kind of really listens to her and also sees himself through her eyes he thought she she had nothing she she thought that he was keeping her to me i feel like he thought that she was keeping him from being himself or being you know his true self but when he sits there and hears her describe uh her quote-unquote dead husband um she actually showed him more about his true self than uh he ever realized like like she knew a lot about his true self all along that um you know and i think he kind of realizes like wow i've actually talked to her more maybe i could have actually um you know found what i was uh thought i was missing that i thought she was actually uh keeping me from and that only can happen with the contrast of her being a specter in the beginning of the movie um we discover her three-dimensionality alongside him. And when I saw like these modern reviewers and video essayists just go past all that just to nitpick about uh, she needed more lines. She needed more agency. She needed to um, have a win. She was treated badly. Like, like, yes, she was treated badly. Like, that's the point. Like, that's it's the okay. point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, it's okay to have a woman uh, treated badly. It doesn't mean you approve of it. Like if they had to treat it badly yeah, in the that movie, was the, that was the whole point of the movie. The whole point yeah. of the movie was whatever was going on inside of him, and he needed to get out of it. Like he, the, I mean, as soon as the movie starts, he gets in the car with his wife. He's not even talking. He doesn't say yeah. anything. Like he's completely yeah. he's dead mad, inside. snippy with her. She's yeah. asking like 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 the simplest questions, and he's just like snippy. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he don't have like he's he's never warm. It's like come on, y'all. Was, like like, it's like you all said, there. Too, man, he was dead inside. Yeah, he's a dead dude, and it's like yeah. How can you not see that that the movie respects the wife? Totally. She's like she's honestly like probably in the film the one character who's like good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like who like like is like a baseline like just a a a a person who has good who has empathy and is not manipulative and is there with the person trying to be supportive, right? Everyone else everyone else in the movie, even Charlie, his his friend is trying to manipulate Yep, Every yep. person in the movie, you know what I'm saying, after that is a manipulator. And and I saw one video essay say um, that uh, it's a misogynistic movie because uh, 
there's no positive woman characters. And I'm like, who are the positive male characters in this there's movie? No, there's nobody right. positive in the movie. Yeah, it, 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 except for the except for the wife, maybe you know, the wife. And that's he, it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah it. And, and, I mean, and even like the the woman that he's with. Yeah, she works for the company, but she's not like negative because they because they it, it, they do kind of put it on the fault line where like does she like him or not? Because I feel like she is possible that she does like him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, but like she's she's probably a woman who's willing to be placed with the with the with the guy. So she's like, hey, you know, yeah, I'll be placed with him. That sounds good. You know what I'm saying? She probably could have been telling them the truth about leaving her husband and her kid. She actually leaves her kids, right? About yeah. leaving her family, right? She, you know, that that could be true, but she works, but she's doing it through the company. She's not a bad character. Like, yeah, but I think this is something that happened, has happened a lot in narrative storytelling. Like you, you talked about it, Trevor. Like, like there's just this stuff about you need to constantly uplift certain identities. You need to constantly make other identities constantly be paying some kind of penance that they don't pay in real life, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have to pay it in a movie. And you have to let the audience know that you don't agree with it, even though they shouldn't assume that if by just depicting it and you have to uh be all, as an advocate of whatever is the current social you know popular justice statement and the movie has to be a statement of that like and it's bullshit like that's not story it has nothing to do with storytelling like this movie is a story about a period and about a person and you can learn a lot from it to me you learn a lot i learned a I remember when I first saw it, I first saw it at a very, I was like in my early thirties and I was at a very like low period. And it it was a movie that taught me that the fantasy will never be as good if you get it. It taught me that it's mm-hmm. always, it's always going to like not hit that hard. You know, like it, it's never that it, it's never going to be, you know, what you could dream in your imagination when you finally get there, it's never going to hit that hard. So and, I was like, so okay. I was like, yeah, that movie taught me that. And I was like, that's some, po- that's a powerful shit. And I can, you could learn that from anybody. It don't, I don't, it don't need to be a black person in the lead role for me to learn that life lesson. Right. Right, right, right. Uh, I, yeah, I think you're right about that because I think we've gotten so much. So, well, we, if you're a movie white like myself, I love horror movies. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you don't really get that in horror movies. There's going to be a lesson, but you don't. If you're going to die, you're going to die. Like me, yeah. <laughs> right. Me and my me and my chick was watching the old stepfather movies from back in the '80s. Oh wow! Um, it was why we were watching the very first one and the second one. I'm like, oh man, I was just thinking about this. Like, this is what these dudes online be talking about. They don't want to be stepfathers. This is who they think. This is who they <laughs> what they think they have to go through. <laughs> this is all fantasy. You know what I mean? Like Kevin Samuels would have would have man. Like yeah, people just Kevin have to get out of their own way that. and stop thinking that their identity is that important to the story. But like you're saying, you know, if you're a person that don't like white people, man, watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. If you, if, you, if you think if you think white culture is dead, but you know what though, I do agree. There was a time I, I felt like probably back in like I can't like Ishmael Reed and people like that. They would fuck with movie like seconds. Like back in those yeah. periods, yeah. they'd be like, yeah, well, 
watch, watch that movie. You want to you see how, how fucked up white, white people are? Watch, watch, yeah. watch, 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 watch Seconds, man. You know what oh, I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> people like watching the degeneracy. That's what, that's what I think. Uh, I think that's the big reason why um, so many black people like Dynasty because they like seeing the degeneracy of white yeah. rich people and, yeah. and they were like the butt of the joke to them, you know? But I feel yeah. like yeah, today's audience would be like, why is there not a black Dynasty? You, you know? And it's like... Right, literally, right. Literally. No, the, no yeah. that, that root... Those, those like when they like like that uh those like root articles if we had to do an all black dynasty who would you cast right, right. you know <laughs> yeah and, 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 the, and, and the article was start a paragraph like black people have long been excluded from pictures of glamour <laughs> and and whatever and you know it would be great to do a correction of a historical injustice and, representation. The, and the crazy thing is they don't even want the story to change they want the remor- the, the story to remain the same yeah. just put black people in there <laughs> like wait a right. minute no it's fucking horrible people all right y'all so that is the end of part one go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two be good